Graham, and I'm here because I believe that the Lord of the Rings Extended Editions and their special features can help us navigate any challenges life throws our way. And this weekend, the United States is seeing some exceedingly challenging times. We had two mass shootings in two days in El Paso, Texas, and in Dayton, Ohio. One was perpetrated by a white supremacist guy, and the other was perpetrated by a straight-up misogynist guy. Both were active in communities online and in real life where they shared their views and weren't shot down. In my own life this week, I had some run-ins with men who handled everyday frustrations with anger that was disproportionate, violent, and a little scary. No one calls them out, and some people tell me to lighten up and let it go. I also watched The Boys, which was an excellent show, but it explored several different types of toxic masculinity tinged with socio-political frustration, which sort of left me feeling drained. It was fun and entertaining, but I wonder how much I should be laughing at it all. I didn't get any questions this week, so I thought that I would take a look at this toxic masculinity and what the Lord of the Rings has to say about it. Now, I already touched on this on an episode back in January, and I wanted to kind of dig a little bit deeper than I did in that episode. In a world where men are increasingly angry and disaffected, can they learn to be better? What can all of us do to foster an environment where that path is better lauded, encouraged, and normalized? Those are our questions today. So let's start with what toxic masculinity is, because we can't solve a problem unless we define it. This word, this phrase gets thrown around a lot, and definitions are important. So toxic masculinity is basically Sauron when he created the ring. He created the ring to deceive. He poured cruelty, malice, and hatred into it, and most importantly, the will to dominate all life. Toxic masculinity is that dominance. It's a desire to be the top, to not relinquish success, or to believe that success is a zero-sum game and an unwillingness to share it. It's a standard masculine worldview for right now because, let's face it, straight white dudes are the dominant culture. And it's what these guys who terrorized two cities in the U.S. were seeking when they did what they did. They wanted to control people. They wanted to control their surroundings. They wanted to dominate. They wanted their their worldview to be the dominant worldview. And they didn't just want people accepting it, but they wanted to be lauded as being right. Isildur also fell to the lore of the ring. He wasn't a bad guy. He stopped Sauron. But he fell for this idea that he could dominate and that power was the answer. He refused to listen to Elrond and he didn't destroy the ring because he could feel that sense of power and cared about it more than anything or anyone else. Saruman also fell for Sauron's deception, believing himself capable of outsmarting the ring. It was just another form of dominance and rigidity. He destroyed the trees and the forest for capital, for an army, for his own gain, without regard for the delicate balance between nature and humanity, or wizardity. (laughs) Elrond didn't fall for the ring, but his rigidity, his idea that his worldview was the most important, is why he never quite made the fellowship. He was only an advisor, and not a leader in the charge to save Middle-earth. Although he clearly cared for humanity at large, he couldn't even see the autonomy of his own daughter. 
Now, conversely, Denethor, resident bad dad extraordinary, he was never in contact with the ring, but his singular thirst for power drove him to delusion. He forgot his life's work as the steward of Gondor and instead sought personal gain and glory by living vicariously through his oldest son. And look where that got him. Now that we've kind of explored what toxic masculinity is and different ways that it can manifest, uh, that brings us to the Fellowship. Boromir was the weak link because he came from a place of seeking power. Although he eventually learned and humbled himself, it cost him his life. So how can we be better without like giving up our literal lives? Well, that's where we can look to Aragorn. He's the leader and the rightful king of Gondor, and he actively avoided power while still taking on leadership roles. It's, it's a really beautiful thing. He was flexible in his thinking, willing to learn from everyone in his group and to let them shine, regardless of whether they were a little hobbit, or his elven lover, or a shield maiden of Rohan, or his ally King Theoden, or a traitorous ghost leading a mercenary army. He was a man through and through, even by our traditional standards, rugged, wild, unkempt, and strong. But those arbitrary attributes, they didn't affect his capacity for compassion, kindness, or adaptability. He never reacted in anger to those who didn't share his worldview. He sought understanding and compromise whenever possible. And when he fought with his friend Legolas over the battle at Helm's Deep, he never resorted to personal attacks. He defended his own character and principles, and eventually it brought his friend around to his way of thinking. He brought out the best in those around him. That's a healthy form of masculinity. And because Aragorn was a leader, but he wasn't super dominant or seeking to impose upon people, the rest of the Fellowship followed his lead, practicing that same kindness, compassion, and steadfastness even in the face of the literal end of the world. They fought not for themselves, but for everyone. For a better world in which everyone could live their best life, whether male or female, hobbit or ant or human. Legolas and Gimli put aside their prejudice, choosing to see and celebrate their similarities until it blossomed into friendship. Pippin grew up and took responsibility for his actions, volunteering his life for service and helping light those beacons that would save Gondor. Sam followed Frodo into Mordor because he knew that that's what he should do. He felt compelled and he, he lived honestly and with love for his friend. Mary let his convictions override his concern for the rules and fought at Pelennor Field. And Frodo took on this burden because he saw that he was uniquely suited to do it in a way that others weren't. He took it on not for gain or glory. He wasn't even expecting to make it back. But because it was the right thing to do. That's all really healthy forms of being a person. And because these are all masculine presenting dudes, they're, it becomes a healthy form of masculinity. And, and this, this is how we normalize a better way of living. To answer that second question, instead of celebrating anti-heroes or lone wolf badasses or people who take charge and push others down, we look to stories of compassion and kindness and love. We regard those as strengths, not sensitivities. We raise people into leadership positions who would rather get dirty and give up their lives than gain money and power. We condemn those who seek power 
or seek that sort of power that pushes others down. And we treat them as the bad guys because they are. Guys and women and others on the gender spectrum, I implore you to stop writing off bad behavior as joking or as boys being boys. It's not just something that exists online. It's not just little communities. It's not just locker room talk. If it degrades people who could use lifting up, minorities, people with disabilities, women, anybody, don't do it. And don't laugh or encourage others who do. Don't be like Elrond and walk away when someone someone chooses to take on the ring. Don't continue to support their rule. Don't be like Sauron and bind people through cruelty and hatred. Don't be like Saruman and hide your intentions behind your intellect. Be compassionate and don't forget your friends like he did with Ents. Start celebrating those who pursue a better way. Lift them up. Don't tease them. I'm often guilty of this. I see a guy acting sensitively and I like bat my eyes and make a joke. And, and that's not right. That's not cool. I get super frustrated when people talk about Lord of the Rings and talk about Sam and Frodo's relationship as though it's overly sensitive or, or girly in a disparaging way. No, like this is how people should be friends. This is how people should relate to one another with love. Compassion and kindness are paramount. They're not soft or weak. They're our greatest strength as humans. And we should celebrate the Aragorns among us. That's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you have questions, and I really would like to hear from you, you can reach out at 608-561-2755 or email sam.wise.ath at gmail.com. My inbox has been kind of slow lately, and I promise that no matter what question you have, the Lord of the Rings and I will have an answer for you. You can also follow me on Instagram at SammyJane613, or you can head to the After the Hype social channels at ATH Podcast on Instagram and Twitter and After the Hype on Facebook. You should also visit ATHPod.com, where we have several other amazing podcasts, including Venture Bros, a Venture Brothers podcast, the OG After the Hype, Demon Days, an actual play podcast, and the brand new Damage Boost. All of them are wonderful, and we've also got articles for you to check out as well. Once again, hit me up at 608-561-2755 or sam.wise.ath at gmail.com, and I will see you next week. Bye!